On today's NoosaCast, it's all about rock and roll. Tosh and I go down to the Paper Valley Hotel and sit down with Digstown. Talk with the boys about music, the local scene, what it's like to play a gig. We take an old look at new. Tosh and I play It's Forgotten and I'm Never Forgetting. Our Red Smith Banquet Throwback, we go Sports Illustrated again with a legendary Frank DeFord. So sit back and enjoy the show. This is Digstown, and you're listening to NoosaCast. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. NoosaCast listeners, welcome to another episode of NoosaCast. Uh, we're excited for this one. Uh, we're going to let you get to know a little bit about people who provide music for us. Uh, Digstown, which is fantastic. We got to sit down with them um, right after they played a set at the Paper Valley. That was a good experience, Joe, wasn't it? Oh, it absolutely was, Tosh. Good to see you again. And I know we're on a little bit of a run here where we're, we're not really in the sports realm, but uh, we're, we're going to reel ourselves back back in into that. But we, we, you know, we thought last week with Jennifer, we thought that was a great, you know, just an interview, a chance for everybody to, to see downtown. Uh, you and I spent Thursday night downtown watching uh, and talking with, with Digstown at the Paper Valley Hotel. So a little bit something different, but uh, a local flavor nonetheless. And yeah, Tosh, to answer your question, that, that ice dance, I did not know much about it going in into this event, but uh, that was that was quite the event. I was actually talking to the event planner, and he said that they had 300 rooms sold yeah. for the weekend. So that's, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it, it, was, it was a cool event. Last year it was in Green Lake at the Heidel House. Um, obviously this uh, year at the Hilton Paper Valley, and a fantastic event in the middle of winter to – bring people to downtown and to experience it. But, you know, Joe, going back to what you said um, about not really being sports related, but the, the truth of the matter is when we talk about the marketing side, when we talk about the music, all of these are intertwined with sports. Everything kind of combines together. I mean, s- music is the soul of sports without music. We don't have the popularity of sports because there's so much of a tie in between music and sports, all music people want to be sports stars and all sports stars want to be musicians or rock stars, you know? So it's, it's, it it may not be the typical sports, but they all tie together. It's the, it's the soul of life. It really truly is. Now that was well put Tosh. And I I certainly couldn't agree anymore with you on on, on that. And, you know, it, it got me thinking a little bit too, as you were saying that, you're right. All these things are intertwined and they can each learn from, from each other, right? A lot of the questions we right. ask are questions of what did you do when you were in high school and you you were striving for that goal? Yeah, you know, it's the yeah. same can be applied to music, sports, like you said, or or even from a sports organization standpoint. You know, the groups that we highlight at the Red Smith Banquet say they can right. all learn a thing or two, too, right? I mean, it's all about marketing. It's about yeah. getting and retaining volunteers. All of the challenges that, that sports organizations fight, you and I are talking to people that, that are fighting the similar fight. Maybe it's not exactly sports, but it's very, very similar. And 
Yeah. yeah. Well, well I mean, put. Think about going to a Brewers game and not having a walk-up song. Yeah. Right? You could just have the organ and you could be playing something from the 1950s maybe, but the walk-up song gets people excited about about who's coming up and you know who's coming up because of their walk-up song. Uh, NHL has their goal song every time they score and some of them have become major traditions uh, in Chicago and uh, Pittsburgh. I mean, they haven't changed for a long time. Um, and, you know, it's just in the NFL. I mean, how can we not have – we just saw the Super Bowl and Usher played. The, the Super Bowl halftime show has become as much of a thing as the game itself. Absolutely. I mean, you're right. That, that's that been the, the change that we've witnessed over our lifetime. I mean, it's we consume entertainment differently and, and in so many different forms. And to get back to what we, you know, kind of what, what we're doing with the, the NoosaCast and, and, you know, Red Smith to a certain extent, that whole umbrella, we're just providing, you know, entertaining content that's 100% local that, I don't know, we hope people find kind of amusing maybe, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I, I think so. I think people are going to, you know, listen to some new things, learn some new things. That's what we're doing all the time. And I, I think this episode is going to going to help you out and, you know, learn a little bit about you know, a different career and a different side job that these guys have and how much fun they're having do have doing it, which is just like we've talked about with every single athlete and Olympian and a person who has been involved with different sports. No, absolutely. And speaking of different sports, Tosh, you know, you, you've reached the age and, and some of our listeners have reached the age of being a, a sports dad, a hockey dad. You're you're in the mm-hmm. thick of things. How, how, how is everything going with that, with that right now? Well, playoffs start tomorrow, uh, Tuesday, the 13th. So uh, we'll see how the boys come out and play. You know, it's it's not up to not up to the dads and moms in the stands or the coaches in the uh on the bench, it's up to the guys out there. So hopefully they can come out and play. Uh, they head down to West Bend tomorrow. Uh, th- th- tomorrow, I keep saying tomorrow because we're we're uh, uh, recording this on a Monday, but the thirteenth. And uh, hopefully they uh, they play well. You know, we're in that time where it's a uh, one and done. If you don't perform that game, your season's over. So uh, kind of bittersweet, but uh, also uh, exciting at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, good luck to Big E. Good luck to you guys and your travels. And uh, we'll, we'll get an update next week again. And oh, Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. It'll, it'll Hopefully we're exciting. still talking about playing. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Anything other... else? Uh, I mean, that, that ice dance was pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot more people there than I thought there would be. They had some fantastic bands there. Um, you know, obviously, Digstown got to kick off the entire festival. But we had some really cool cool bands uh you know I, one of my favorites horseshoes and hand grenades right was right. there uh they're fantastic it was a lot you know like like dave uh Willems said you know when he was on he was, he was talking about the music scene uh, you know expanding and he's absolutely right Th- this group I, i'm not even sure who put this one on it wasn't mile of music but you know the point is it's a different you know different promoter so to speak bringing a you know, bringing a music event to, to a music area yeah. and it was well attended. So yeah, that's really cool to see. And, and it sounds like they're coming back next year. I, you know, I might consider oh, okay. going, going next year, but yeah, I didn't catch the whole weekend. I certainly got down to the, for the Digstown set. That was just an yeah. awesome set. Uh, 
And Tash brought me back to my roots, man. It was right in front of the speaker. My ears were ringing when we were talking to him right after. <laughs> but uh, they, they uh, we, we talk about it in the interview. We geek out a little bit about it. But but them adding the keys have, has just really, really added a, a new dynamic to the band. It's it's really, they're, they're as good as they've, as, as good as ever, really. I think this is the best yeah. they've been. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what a great event to bring some uh, some people downtown and bring some revenue into those bars and restaurants and, and the hotel itself. I mean, yeah. you don't get that kind on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday in the middle of February. So that's uh, fantastic for them to uh, to bring that to uh, downtown Appleton. Agreed, Tash. Well, what do you say if we head on into uh, maybe take an old look at new? Sounds like a good plan. It is time that we take that old look at new and look at history, whether it's Appleton, Wisconsin, the nation, wherever. Uh, we we try to just bring a, a little glimpse maybe into the week or sometime in the future or whatever um, of what's happening or what happened in the past. Joe, what do you got this week? Yeah, Tash. Well, uh, this one, my, my mind triggered in the Digstown interview. We, we bring up. I thought, you know what, this is going to go in an old look at new, but but mangoes. And, and I think we might have briefly covered this in one of the old look at news at, at one yeah. point, but it's worth mentioning again. Now, mangoes is located in the corner of uh, Superior and Franklin. It's uh, I think it's some yep. maybe a lawyer's it's attorneys. A yeah, yep. it's been a lot of things through the years. But but back in the 90s, you know, it, I don't even know when it started, maybe 80s and 90s, it was. Was it Hibachi Tash? It was a restaurant downstairs, but it was Mongolian. Mongolian, Mongolian grill. Yes. It's yeah. kind of like a it was like a small hoo-hot to a point. Yeah. It, it was good. I remember it being really, really yeah. good. But the best part of that place was upstairs in a small yeah. room. Less than a hundred people could fit up there, but they had a little bar, they had a great stage, and they would have music on Wednesday, Thursday night. They'd have bands like right. Burnt Toast and Jam, Cool Waters. That's the first cool place Waters I think you band. and I saw yeah. Cool Waters, and that would have been you know mid to early '90s. So that was really cool. And and, and the Digstown yeah. guys, you know, we, we certainly didn't know them at that time, but our paths would have crossed unbeknownst to to either of us, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, they would have been in the same room and watching some of those same bands. So that is, you know, that was a while ago. That's a in, there's some great venues now. You know, we talked to Dave Williams about um, uh, about Gibson, yeah, Gibson Hall and and uh, Poplar yeah. Hall, who who is now following yep. the Nusa Castash. They they follow us on Instagram, nice. so we do appreciate Poplar Hall. Big fans of them, but uh, yeah, absolutely. The old original Mongos was uh, well, that was the first, and that was a special one. So. So that's my old look at new Tash. How about you? What are you taking a look at? Well, I'm going to venture back into the sports world, and um, I'm going to go to February 16th, 1980. And uh, if you think you might be able to guess what was going on, but this was the uh, Winter Olympics in Lake Placid. Yeah. And Wisconsin's own Eric Hyden won the 5,000 meter in Olympic record time, and it was his second gold of his record-setting five gold medal sweep in Lake Placid that year. Yeah. Boy, so, I remember that Madison. Yeah. He was fantastic. There was so much fun. I remember watching that, you know, obviously 1980 is kind of a big winter Olympics for the United States with yeah. the miracle on ice, but Eric Hyden was just as, Oh, I mean, probably even more, um, incredible 
by winning five gold medals in one Olympics. Yeah. And it should be a Wisconsinite. You know, I mean, that, that was yeah. pretty cool. We, we don't have, well, at that time, we didn't have many Olympi- Olympians. Uh, you know, you and I have found out we have several Olympians that are in the area. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, Haydn was incredible. And then speed skating, you know, that's one of those sports you, you don't right. really watch a ton, but gosh darn, that's it exciting. Is. And I love watching it. Oh, yeah, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's incredible. The just, it, it just amazes me how smooth they are and how fast they're going. Oh. And you don't really get that, the idea of it. I mean, you see it in the speed and everything, but they're so smooth. It's unbelievable. I bet you, I've never been down close. It'd be really cool to be down close to watch them go by. How fast do you think they're going? 20 oh, I something. Couldn't tell you off the, oh, yeah, easily. Yeah. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Um, they do have the Olympia speed skating. Um, I think they do some speed skating up at the Cornerstone in Green Bay. Okay. And then obviously the uh, Olympic Training Center yeah, the uh, is down at the Pettit Ice Center in right. Milwaukee, right on by the state fairgrounds. So, yeah. yeah. Bah, good stuff. But plus, I don't think there's any athletes with larger thighs than speed skaters. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> maybe not. Ru- <laughs> maybe rugby players. I don't know. Those two possibility. battle out the thigh <laughs> department. But well, anyway, Tash, that was a good one. That's our old look at new and hope you enjoyed that segment. All right, folks, we are really excited for this interview. A couple of just quick things before we get started. One, we were on the road. We were in a hotel room, so the audio is maybe not quite what you're accustomed to, but it's it's not too bad. You, you get the gist of what we're talking about. And the other thing is we don't really introduce the band in the interview, so I want to do that just real quickly. Uh, lead vocals and guitar is, is Chris Rich. The skip, rhythm guitar, backup, Jack Ike. Bass and vocals is Dusty Padfield. The drummer, Josh Van Engen and on keys is Logan Dyer. So sit back, folks, enjoy this. There's a lot of interaction. I, I, I realize you might not always know who's talking, but uh, it's a good one. We, we learn a lot. Hey, Newscast wow. listeners, uh, we are super excited this week. We are kind of going back to the roots of the Newscast, and we're going to look at the music that has so graciously been provided uh, by Digstown. And, uh, you know, this whole connection uh, with Digstown actually goes back to our first interview with CJ. And all of this kind of came together, and uh, we got the band here. We're live at the, paper, at the Paper Valley just after the Ice Dance show, and we're going to just dive in and talk to the talk to the members of Dickstown. Glad to have you guys. I mean, we are glad we, to be here. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah. Great set. I mean, I'm so I'm wet. Yes, I mean, I'm not really wet. I'm perspiring. <laughs> so many questions, so many introductions. But uh, I mean, first for all the Newsacast listeners, I mean, you guys are. I mean, you're you're the music of the Newsacast. I, I want to know is, is is basically our theme song. It opens the show. Um, I love that tune. You guys 
jammed it out tonight it was really you yeah, guys really you. jammed it was a sick sick jam it was oh, so awesome. so good but yeah yeah it felt, it felt good up there tonight it, it really sure did. did we're real excited about being in the ice dance for the first time yeah. for sure and opening it up yeah it was a great time crowd was awesome yeah and then you can you can feel it when you're like you know when you know how you guys are hearing it how the audience is hearing it out um out in the room is different than how we're hearing it on, on the stage you know we're kind of like in a box and um, sometimes sometimes it can be all right and sometimes it's maybe not so all right you know and it's more of a struggle <laughs> but tonight tonight yeah you could really I mean we were feeling the yeah energy. you could you could it felt real good it felt real good in the box and you could you could really you could really feel the power up there so it, it was and that helps a lot you know yeah, yeah that's yeah. a good question I mean I'm a teacher and I look at blank faces quite a bit so when you guys are in a band and you guys are out there looking, I mean, what kind of cues do you take from, from, uh, from the people out there? We draw off the energy for sure, right? When people are dancing and grooving on us, uh, uh, we, we play better. Yeah. And Chris has various skulls that we've learned to interpret. <laughs> We're talking about out to the audience, not between, not between band members. We haven't gotten there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was definitely a connection. I know, uh, Jack, I already forgot what tune it was. It was so, so good. And I mean, you referenced that, that you know, you maybe you had to do lyrics twice. I'm not sure. But uh, it, it was really, really, it, it was totally good. And you guys jammed it out. Are you picking on me for so forgetting good. some lyrics? I was even staring at my notes and I still couldn't pull it off. I just got, I got a little jumbled there. But <laughs> the weird thing is when, when, it, when you were just singing it, I was into it. And it's like, oh, yeah, it was really good. Well, it never even dawned on me that anything was wrong. So what's interesting is out of all the people in the crowd, like my eyes went to you for some reason, <laughs> and, you, and you and, and you kind of gave me the you just smiled yeah, and laughed and so it was just like drink, yeah. So up. so I appreciate that you made me feel good, you know. Like I'm just rolling, guys. I'm well, not going to get power of music, right? That's yeah, so good. Yeah. I mean, that, is that basically why you guys do that? Is just to get those moments, just to play? I mean, it, it oh, just for, yeah. yeah, for sure. That's what brings you back. Yeah. 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 It's definitely it's definitely not about the money. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not. I mean, there's. I mean. There's a little bit of that, but it's, there's not a lot of that. Yeah, we do it because we love it, and we're all we're all older guys with, you know, kids and mortgages and families, and so yeah, we're just doing it because it's we it's got a, day jobs. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's yeah. it's a lot of fun, and 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 the and the powers there, and, and and looking out onto the audience and seeing everybody having a good time and seeing everybody smiling and and dancing. I mean, that's what it's all about. That was happening tonight. There yeah. were so many. I, I, I'm sure a lot of it, it seemed like it was family. Who who here had the little kid with the ear ear muffs and the fish t-shirt it, it, it wasn't us but um john shinky john shinky from iftikar i think that was his son that was out there okay. dancing around with the headphones on you know we we have family showing up at these events that's i mean that's pretty incredible i think i think a lot of the fans are family that's one way to look at yeah, it yeah 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 for sure. for sure i mean that is sort of the the whole I mean, the whole jam band, right? I mean, the Grateful Dead, everybody that you guys are influenced by, it's all that same thing, right? It's that relationship with the fans. I mean, you guys have that. That's, for whatever reason, this genre of music, that, that's what you strive for, it seems like, and you guys have it. And that, that's, at a local level, that, that's really, really cool. It's fun to just, it's fun to feel that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we're, and... And like 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 it was just mentioned, we're, we're all we're all family. Like all all you know, like a lot of the people out there that come to the shows, a lot of people out there that we've seen tonight out in the audience, they're all friends, and they're all people that we hang out with, and they're all people we go to see music with, and they're all there, and we all hang out, you know, and, and we're all and we're all family, you know. Yeah. 
I'm sure that when you when you look at that and you see the same people coming over and over, I mean that's that's got to be like yeah, that's really cool. We're we're doing what we want. We're we're making a connection with people. Yeah. So, sure. I. I'm just going to go all the way back. I want you guys to talk, and each one of you can, whoever wants to talk, um, talk about your influences. You know, when you were little, what music did you listen to? What are you coming up? I mean, as a teacher, I'm playing everything in my room from Bob Marley to you guys. I actually, I put it on Spotify and put it on my speakers, play everything. And uh, sometimes the kids are like, what? And sometimes they're like, hey, that was really cool. So what were some of your influences growing up? Let's start with Josh. Uh, so I was fortunate to go to see Pink Floyd at Camp Randall Stadium yes. in 94. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, my mom played violin in the symphony, so I had a lot of, you know, my parents were very into music and they got us all the gear and all of that. Um, my brother, older than I am, took me to see Fish. And, um, what years did you see Fish? Uh, 97 was the first, yeah, 97, 98. Fish, I must have seen so, 13, 14 shows in 97. I okay. love those years. <laughs> so that, that, you know, for me, that kind of is like, okay, this is, this is awesome. And then I go, went and started to see bands like Digstown and uh, I got to join the band yeah, 15 years later or whatever. That so, doesn't tell you the age you um, see right there. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, an old friend from school was, was playing with these guys at the time. And uh, it was at Mill Creek downtown, Appleton, right here. And um, I was like, man, these guys are awesome. And then, yeah, so obviously when I had the chance, I, yeah. The live music now here in Appleton and now is it's way better th th than it was then and i mean you guys are a big part of it but there, there's tons of bands that play in all of these venues throughout the fox cities you know when we first started and we first started playing um back when the band started in 2000 and we first started kind of getting our way and making our way i mean it was it was this this was a cover band area you know, yes. and it was really hard. It was really hard for an original band to like make anything happen because I mean, it was all about cover bands. And in the last few years, there's been a shift in the valley, and it's awesome. It's an awesome shift. Is that and, Milo music? That specific thing that you say? Because we interviewed, we talked to Dave Willems about original music, and you know, obviously, we know Milo music is original. It's interesting that you say that. Do you think is that is that what what made the shift happen? Is that the I think Milo I think Milo music is is a very big reason about the shift. But I think maybe I think also maybe in a you know maybe in everybody's minds you know that maybe it's it's more exciting to hear you know a band playing their own music you know instead of going out and seeing a band play you know songs that you've been hearing on the radio for years you know and and and, and hearing a band like rehash their version. You know, and I'm not cutting on that or anything. You know, that's 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 fine, and you know, more more power to that. But like, dear Prudence tonight. Well, yeah, so we did a cover. So we do it too. It was so so good. Yeah, we do play some covers, but we we really try to make we really try to base our sets, you know, around original music, and we'll pop in a couple couple covers here once in a while. But all good bands do though. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I love it. I love it when other bands cover. I don't know. To me, I, I love that. The bands can't cover other bands enough for me. I just think I think it's becoming more and more acceptable and popular for um, people in this area to go out and see original music, and it's, yeah. it's starting to become. I don't know. It's starting to become more of a thing, and I think more and more people would rather see that. Then go out and see a cover band, you know? Well, I think there's a greater appreciation for original music nowadays around here, and I think Mile has almost everything to do about that. A big, they, yeah, they, a big portion. They, they, they really brought that to light. 
But the, the Fox Valley has been a live music hub forever. When I was a young kid, um, we would go down to celebrate and you'd have you'd have bands like Yaz, right? And they they were like, I don't know, 80s metal kind of stuff or whatever they were, but they were great, you know? It was fun to see all that. Appleton's been a live music area for since the probably like the 50s, you know? And so we're just sort of carrying on. We're we're adding to what what has always been here. Did anybody else want to talk yeah, about some more influences? influences. Logan, yeah, you want to hear like some to hear the influences a little bit from sure. our younger generation yeah, here. Logan is our newest member of the band, by the way. <laughs> Because we're talking about local music, and, and you you come, you know, you played in Unity, the band. Yes. For a long time. Six and, years. You know, I'd be remiss in that, you know, PETA just recently passed away, and he was an incredible local musician. Yeah. Um, I don't know, what, what do you feel about him? Uh, PETA, PETA is like my brother. He's larger than life, you know, um, literally and figuratively, because he was like 6'2". Yeah, you know, yeah he's played a rugby. huge, he's so awesome, great dreadlocks. Um... <laughs> Super persistent. I learned a lot about hard work from him, actually. Um, super kind. He was a great dude, great influence. Growing up, I owe a lot of my music tastes and exposure to my old man. He was a deadhead. Really into Bruce Hornsby as well. But like also Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles. My dad was always playing different music that you know you don't normally hear on the radio. Right. I do that to my kids all the time. That's awesome. They yeah. will thank you for that later. I. Uh, I went to college in Minneapolis, uh, which is a scene in, in itself. It's kind of closed off from, you know, like Chicago or the Dakotas or whatever. And it was a really cool experience. I lived out there for seven years, and I got to play with a bunch of different people. But I'm back home now, and uh, I've found a home with these guys, I think. Oh, yeah. I That's hope. right, brother. <laughs> it's incredible how it's one of the things I wanted to bring up to you guys. Adding the keys to this band is just huge. It changes you guys. Yes. I mean, oh, your yeah, jams sure. tonight are just Absolutely. unbelievable, and, and a lot of it is the keys, and it's just, it changes you guys are so, I mean, you're great before, mm. but man, you're so, so it's a, it, better now. It, it, adds like a, it adds like a blanket over the whole thing. It's just how I feel about keys. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. It warms the whole thing up. Um, growing up, um, did you, so playing, were you, have you always played keys? Do you play a whole bunch of different instruments? How did you just get started playing music? I was willed a piano at the age of three from a dead relative in Texas, actually. Oh, wow. That's, that is a real story. Um, nice. So it worked, right? I guess, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started college at Stevens Point on the saxophone, okay. um, and I did that for two years. Um, but piano's always kind of been my thing. I took yeah. lessons all the way, like, through... Like grade school, high school. Who do you idolize? Like, who's the best? Who do you? I really like Chick Corea. I really like Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. I really like Hiromi Uehara. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. <clears throat> when you're in Minneapolis, what was that scene like? I mean, because you know you hear the stories about Minneapolis. You go from the replacements. You go through Prince. You go through all those bands that played through there. Um, what was that like growing up? I mean, living in that area during that time. There was a lot of work. Uh, I mean, you could gig, you know, five, six nights a week. And, uh, I mean, not with the same group, maybe, but there was work all over. Um, I actually got to meet Prince once at Bunkers in North Minneapolis. Uh, he'd go there and just hang out in the back room, like, and watch music, just dead silent, not talking to anybody. Yeah, I don't know. I was in, I went to McNally Smith for two years to finish up uh, a, a Bachelor's of Arts in music production um, and it, it was like a hub of 
really cool people and I still have that network to this day I guess yeah my school was right across the street from uh, the Fitzgerald Theater where Prairie Home Companion was every Sunday there's a lot of history there like in the city but music takes you I guess all, all sorts of different places mm -hmm. and you meet people everywhere that you go it's so cool it's one of the things I absolutely love about it I love that yeah absolutely well, you're a cool addition to, to Digstown for sure I, I love the material uh, I love the people and uh, I love the persistence, <laughs> you know? Well, D Dusty, we haven't heard really from you yet. What are some of your influences? Well, I was the youngest of four siblings by 10 years, so oops. Um, <laughs> so I had, uh, my parents, they were really big into, you know, like the classic country stuff, you know, like everything, you know, from Waylon Jennings to Patsy Cline that kind of stuff. So I still love that stuff. I think that's great. And then, you know, I'd have my brother, he'd be listening to Black Sabbath. And I was just like, wow, this is awesome too. So yeah, I just uh, gave me a really well-rounded appreciation for music. How did you develop your voice? Your, some of your tunes tonight, like Vampire Logic. Go out walking in the moonlight The sunlight hurts my head Go out walking in the moonlight Sunlight hurts my head Call me the vampire Cause technically I am dead You know, some of those tunes that, that you sing, you, you have a very unique voice. How, when, when did that happen for you? When did you start... Do I think it's still developing, sing? to be honest with you. But <laughs> all, all of our voices are developing. Yeah, I, I'm curious about that. None That's us, none of us are very like you know. None of us are like gifted singers or anything like that. We're all serviceable singers, you know. Yeah. And, and so we're all we're all trying our best to to to, well, to, I mean, to make it sound good, you know. Yeah, you guys harmonize together really, really well. I mean, it sounds. I mean, obviously, people are getting down tonight. I mean, that, that's yeah. that's the sign of is it working or not? And it's working. But I, I've loved singing since I was, you know, little kid. I mean, I was being the youngest. I had to do lots of stuff to get attention. So you know, that was one of the things I did. Um, you know, and I was in choir in, in school and stuff like that. So, and uh, just you know. You want to write music, you know, you want, so you better be able to sing it, you know, because yeah. I can't just expect everybody else to sing my songs. You know. When did you start writing? Uh, I mean, I've written as far back as I can remember, just different stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, and I was always a fan of, you know, uh, funny stuff, funny songs, you know, like uh, how much so I wrote, how much I care, sure, you know, stuff sure. like that. So I was always... That was also a big influence on me was comedy. So humor is injected into you. Yeah. I love that. I mean, that, I was always the class clown. Yeah, it's a way to yeah. express yeah. it. That's really cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's where, you know, that's kind of where all that comes from. Did Just, you ever envision yourself in, what, however, you eighth grade when you're doing that or high school? I mean, do you ever envision yourself in being a rock band? And, and Well, I was actually in my first band in the fifth grade. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I, was, I was playing saxophone. Um, you know, I say a band, you know, we, you know, got together and we made up a little flyer, but that was about it. Right, hey, that's big time. We felt pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were cool for sure. 
Yeah, that's great. I'm always fascinated. We we ask, you know, obviously this is different for us as a newsicast to do to bands. This is the first time we've ever done a band, but it's the same principle as as sports. You know, I mean, you guys are you're working hard. You're developing the skills, whether it's kicking a ball or, or developing your voice or your instrument. That's that's kind of that's that's kind of the story we're looking for, I and mean, that, that's why we ask some of these questions. It's cool. We're curious to hear about that. It's it's cool to see that it paid off and that you had influences. I love to hear that it's your dad, that, that a lot of you guys said right away, it's your parents. I mean, that, Tosh, is you and I as parents. That, oh, yeah. Man, that's all you can ask for, you know? Yeah. Jack, same thing. I'm sure we'll, we'll hear similar things, but that's it. Man, you can't ask for anything more than that. Okay, so, Jack, we go back. So, CJ was in my sophomore in my biology class, and I knew he was a cool kid then and everything. And, um, you're obviously a huge influence music-wise for him. Uh, you know, listening to Dead, I, I remember watching The Grateful Dead on PBS with my dad. They always have the. You remember? I don't. Know, I, I know what one you're talking exactly. about. Yeah. The, the, uh, they play for their fundraisers. The fundraisers, and whatnot, yeah. yeah. And my dad would like buy the CDs or whatever it was. You know. <laughs> um, let's think about some of your influences then too. Um, kind of like Dusky. Um, my folks listened to country music, and that was an influence on me. Um. I hated it back then, right? <laughs> I wanted to, to change the station, but um, but it sunk in, you know. And later on, when I when I got a little older and mature, then I I realized that I did enjoy that. Um, but just kind of like guitar-driven rock. Um, back in the day, my brother, my older brother, worked at Beggar's Tune, and Beggar's Tune was like a record shop, head shop in Appleton, and it's now the Wooden Nickel, and so him working there he was able to bring home all these different albums and so as a younger kid like maybe like a fifth grader my brother's bringing home super cool albums you know like Aerosmith stuff and just whatever um so all that has an influence on me for sure I, I got to listen to cooler stuff than other kids my age were, were able to listen to um and I just want to bring this back to um our local music scene because I'd like to mention Back when Chris and I first started this whole thing, um, there's a dude, and, he, and he's gone now, but Chris Aaron was a guy in the valley, and he was just a, an absolute huge influence, and, and like he took us in. He really took us under his wing and like gave us gigs, gave us opening gigs for him, and, and, and we weren't good, you know? And he, it, <laughs> and he, and he let us, you know? And so... Um, we, were very, we were very green and probably did not have probably were, did not have the place to be opening up for when he was like he was when, pretty when, popular when, 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 when they were when they had formed american standard which was probably when chris was at his peak and Corey sterling um from the kenny wayne shepherd band was the singer and they were all hot and they were like you know they released this album that was awesome and they started doing these big shows at um like the Roadhouse up in Carlsville and Waverly Beach and Checkered Flag and they're doing all these big shows and and they're they're having us along to open up for them for a lot of these things and, and we probably shouldn't have been no but, we shouldn't have been we but, were we were in but, over but, our heads for sure yeah but he but, let us you yeah, know but, but, you know, but, Chris, but Chris like Chris Chris loved us and he took us under his wing and he knew what we were about and he and he was about he was about some of the music that we were into too. Yeah. yeah. And and he was all just he, he was just a good dude and he was all about helping us out. Yeah. So you guys just needed to take the stage, just buck up and play. <laughs> yeah, we really much, did. You know? yeah. And and he would sit and smile at us. <laughs> <laughs> and the and the rest of his bandmates would be like, Really? <laughs> but Chris would be like, Yeah. yeah. He let us. <laughs> this goes back to I mean I think every interview we have, 
there's always somebody who is like this huge person and mentor or influence. And maybe some of you guys can speak, and maybe there's somebody that you can think of just hearing that story about who was that person that just kind of like, that you, you feel is a, a super important person in your life. I guess for me, like when I first started playing bass, um, there was this kid, Didn't he went to Lutheran school, so I didn't really know him, but I met him through a friend. His name was Andy Mertens, and he was just a phenomenal bass player. And people know that name now because he's bass player for Jazz Orgy and you know plays with Pegasus. And, and so he was the first guy who gave me lessons, and then we just became you know great friends, and he's just a, a great human being. So you know, he was just a huge influence on me. When you first, so when he becomes an influence on you, what, what's your practice like? Are you just playing the bass all the time and just wanting to master it? Are you putting in, you know, the 10,000 hours? At first, yeah, I was just, you know, I remember probably like uh, the week after I came back from my first lesson, he looked at my thumb. He's like, holy cow, I can't believe how big your thumb got in just a week. Because, yeah, I was just, I was, that's all I wanted to do you know, was play and, you know, I just, he was, he was actually a little younger than me, but he was just like so good and I couldn't, you know, right. couldn't believe it. I just wanted to be a percentage of good as he was, you right. know, so I was right. like, <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing as an athlete, right? You, if you play with the better athletes, you're just going to be at a better athlete. Yeah. Same, it's cool to hear the musicians are, are, are the same thing. Anybody else think of like someone who was a <laughs> huge, not. huge influence on him? Yeah, Chris. I mean, like, 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 like. I mean, Chris. Chris was a huge mentor to us. And when, 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 when Skip and I, I, I met Skip in the summer of 1999. Um, I actually was introduced to a good friend of mine, Tyrone. We all know Tyrone, and our, you know Tyrone, and a good friend of mine, Tyrone, um, who I had been buddies with for a long time, introduced me to a guy named Dan Shry. And um, you know, Dan Shry, like. And we hung out a little bit, and we got along, and, and he knew I was a musician, and, and he said, well, I, you know, you, you, should meet my, you should meet my cousin. I got a cousin who's a guitar player, too, and I think you guys would really get along. And so he, Dan introduced Skip and I, and I mean, we hit it off pretty much right away, really, you know, and yeah, for sure. we started, uh, started kind of getting together over at Skip's house in his basement when he lived on, um, what was it, was that Kernan? Oh, when, yep. when he lived on Kernan, and we started getting together with Skip at his, in his basement and playing guitar together, and <clears throat> and I, was, he, and he, and he, I was Chris's looper before loopers <laughs> yeah. came around. I'm, he was he was great for me because I was I was <laughs> I was just starting to like figure out how to play lead guitar, right? You know, and I wasn't all that great at it, and I was just starting to figure it out and pick it up, and and Skip would just jam away on rhythm for me and and let me kind of go at it and <laughs> yeah. begrudgingly be, be maybe. I just played DCD for like four hours. <laughs> but you know, the fun, the funny thing the funny thing is is like once like you know you know once we went once we started to think we were kind of good and then Chris Aaron would come over because yeah. you because I, I was buddies with Chris. yeah so skip yeah. skip introduced me to Chris and once we started thinking maybe hey, we're kind of getting good and then Chris would come over and be like oh we're not good anymore <laughs> you know and really show us you know what, what a guitar player was and so but yeah and so that's how and that's how I met Chris and then and, and then Chris and I's relationship blossomed from there and, yeah. so he's and, he's he's our influence yeah I guess. Well, he's, he's, our, he's our he's our mentor you know he, he's our mentor he took yeah. like like we said before he took us under our wings he taught us a lot of things about the music business 
you know, when we were starting to come up, he was, he taught me how to like, you know, book gigs and how to talk to um, club owners, you know, um, one of the most important things he taught me was, um, you know, hey, you know, don't burn, you know, don't burn any bridges on your way up because you may have to cross those bridges on the way back down. You know, and I thought that was a really important phrase that he had taught me, and and and, and, and little things like that that stuck with me that he taught us. That was that was just huge for him to for him to teach us these things about the music business when we were like so green, you know, and so like young at it, you know, and <clears throat> so yeah. That's a cool story to hear, and we'll circle back at some point about how you guys uh, get gigs and just how your schedule uh, plays out. But Josh, I mean, we we haven't introduced you i mean you're um i first time i met you i want to say is a mile of music and the thing that struck me i felt like you were in like five different bands or whatever you were telling me and, and one that just blows my mind how, how is that even possible that you can play in five bands uh and two i have a fish related question for you but we can we'll, i'll make sure to come back to that at, well it's just um playing music you just want to keep doing it and it you know as much as it's just hard to say no um and it's a cool part-time job so you just have to kind of juggle the schedule so when you're i mean even if you're in multiple bands two three bands so how how many nights a week would that be that you'd be playing it depends it's not a lot um you know a, a, a couple a month a few a month there's been years where yeah every week a couple times a week do you have to rehearse? I mean, do you have to understand what, what you're walking into, what, what music's going to be played? Is there a certain process you go through as a drummer to, to get ready to play whatever gig that's going to be? Yeah, the, the cover bands are easy. We, you, we don't practice. We just show up and know the songs. Diggs Town is, is different. We practice. We try to practice every week um, and don't play as many gigs. A cover band, you can gig constantly and never practice. So that's how you can fit those things in, you know. Sure. Yeah, it's, it's, it's you, just, you want to say yes and, and just do it. Play as much as you can. As many people as you can, you get better. Is this your happy place? I mean, playing in a band like Diggstown, playing this kind of music, just yep. setting that vibe, is that? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's kind of been my upbringing is um, this kind of music and the, the, the freedom to kind of create something, some energy, you know, you feed off with the crowd and sure you i mean you get a little of that with with cover bands but you're, you're playing the song yeah you know and we have a little more freedom to yeah. i mean you guys are feeling the song i mean at least from my perspective it looks like you guys are really feeling it oh yeah we have fun i mean the audience helps out with that obviously if like uh maybe if it's a slower night at a club and there's not as many people out there maybe the music doesn't have the energy it would have like it felt good tonight because I mean there was what a couple hundred people out there and you know you could you you feed off that energy you feel that energy and it's 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 almost like it's almost like a circle you know where you know we're we're sending out this energy they're sending that energy back to us we're feeding it back to them and it's just a circle that keeps going around you know and it just keeps building throughout the evening and, and that's the beautiful thing about it right yeah <clears throat> totally different type of question what's the best place you guys have ever played was your favorite? Actually, maybe it was your favorite place you guys have played tonight here. Of course. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's 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 tough. That's a tough question. There's been so many so many cool clubs that have come and gone, and you know, you know, before before Bent Keg became Bent Keg, you know, it was you know it was Mill Creek Blues for the longest time, and we had a pretty cool residency there. You know, we were doing really well there for a while, and 
and they were kind of letting us bring, you know, we were kind of doing trades with other bands from other areas, you know, Minneapolis and Madison and Milwaukee, you know, and we would bring in a band from Madison, say, to open up for us at Mill Creek Blues, and then in return they would ha they would bring us down to, they'd bring us down to Madison and we'd open up for them for that for them down there, and it was kind of like you know you scratch my back I'll scratch your back kind of thing, and it always worked out great, and we always did so good at Mill Creek. That they, you know, they kind of let us do kind of what we wanted to do there for a while, and but anyway, so I mean, yeah, it's, it, there's somebody, yeah, and, right, and right now, Appleton Beer Factory and Gibson's are both super cool clubs. Um, Cranky Pass has always been yeah. a super cool club. We love playing there. We're, we're a little, I guess, a little spoiled around here. We have a variety of good places to yeah. play. You know, house PAs where you don't have to do any of that yourself. Nice. Um, what was the place that was? Uh, what was the place that was kind of over by Mongo's on Franklin for a while? You remember that place? Oh, like Pete's Garage. Tom's, or oh, yeah. Tom's, Tom's Garage. garage. Tom's yeah, Garage. Pete's Garage is a bike shop. <laughs> yeah. Tom's Garage was a cool club. It didn't last very long, but that was a cool club, you know. And so there's the, like like I said, there's been club, you know, Short Branch Saloon and Nina, which which just kind of come and gone too. That was a really cool club. So clubs come and go, and we've been we've been doing this long enough. We've been doing this over 20 years since since 2000 when we formed the band that we've seen a lot of clubs come and go. Yeah. And so it's tough to say. It's tough to say what our favorite is because. What's your range? Like how how far are you guys? Like how, where would you take a gig? Well, I mean, we have, you know we we've played in many we know we've played in, in Minneapolis a couple times. I mean right I mean right now I mean we're kind of at this we're kind of at the stage stage of the game that we're kind of like I like we said before we're all older and you know families and kids right. and mortgages and and um. You know, we're probably kind of perfectly fine with having kind of like an area. I mean, we would we would go play in Madison and Milwaukee and Minneapolis and stuff. But, I, you know, to travel much further than that yeah. might start getting tough. Yeah. You know, for some of us, no some place. of us, some of us older guys, maybe not. the. Only. <laughs> I don't know, man. I spent a lot of time on the road. Yeah. 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 That's got to be a different life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, literally living in a van for yeah. the majority of your, I don't know. I was fortunate enough. I got to tour Maui. Uh, which nice. was cool. I went Playing there. Playing music? Yeah. Wow. What, like, what did you do? Like, what were your days like? Uh, wake up, go to the beach, <laughs> uh, yeah. go to the gig, play the gig. Nice. Go home. Um, it was it was pretty cool. We got to play the I hard. Think he's cutting out a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the downside. Yeah. Right now. It's okay. There's some big chunks of the story missing. I'm thinking right now. <laughs> uh, I got to. I toured Mexico once with. Uh, Brian Layton, GB Layton out of Layton, yeah. Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. uh, we played at a place called Senior Frogs. They literally went through each of us and made sure we had shoes on because the power was so bad you could get electrocuted. Oh. So I've played a variety of different places, like good, good clubs, great clubs, and hole-in-the-wall bars, and they're all great. Josh, uh, my my fish question yeah, for you. Ahead, quick, quick. If we went oh, ahead, yeah. if we went ahead and said like a certain club was our favorite, oh, I yeah, we it. can't do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally Cold understood. Shot has been good to us too. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that yeah. up. Yeah, if we say, oh my god, this club's our favorite, then the other club's gonna be like, what? Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, I mean, wherever you play, you set a good vibe. Yeah, and no, you, you guys are good Dave anywhere. Cold Shot was a was a big. Um, how do you say it? He helped us out quite a bit. Supporter. Supporter. He's a supporter. Thank you. Yeah. That's where that's where we started. That's when we, where we started. That when man. we when when uh, Skip and I like Digstown Trio. When, when I when I finally got when I finally talked Skip and <laughs> it took a while it took a while for me to talk Skip into actually getting up and playing on stage. Yeah. Because he he needed to build up some courage because he had. Some, <laughs> 
he had a little bit of stage fright, so it took me a while when we first start, when we first were playing, and I, you know, we got up a group of songs, and you know, I mean, I was like, Skip, let's get out and let's let's go hit some open mics. Oh no, 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 I, 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 can't, I can't do that. I'm, not. I'm like, oh. so it took me a while. So, but you you and your guitars would would just go to an open mic. Yeah, yeah. You know, and 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 so when when I when I finally like talk Skip into play, okay, you know, let's just go play a few t- tunes, and we'll you know we'll practice them real well, and. And when I and when, when I talked skipping to finally so anyways Chris Aaron was running uh, Chris Aaron and his buddy um, Brent Monaghan is that that what his yeah, name was yeah, Chris yeah. Aaron and his buddy Brent Mon- Monaghan what was that bless his soul yeah yeah he's not he's no longer with us but anyways they they were running they were they were like hosting a, a open mic at the Cold Shot okay and so that's what kind years of, would have that been I feel oh, like that, that was like ninety nine it was two thousand. Yeah, because we met we met in the summer of '99, so it'd probably been like it would probably been 2000 that we like started kind of going out and playing a couple. You know, we you know cold shot IQs up in Green Bay. You know, we had a couple clubs that were doing, and that's and that's that's kind of how a band gets its start. You know, you got to go. You know, you're not just gonna go out and get gigs right away. You kind of got to go out and work yourself in and and um and play open mics and how are you finding those gigs like how, who's doing that work who how, how do you know who to even ask as far as like getting gigs, yeah like, getting gigs like as, when you're starting like how do you get the word out that hey we're a band we want to play in your bar your event and, that, and that's and that's tough like i said um you take anything you can yeah you kind of yeah you kind of take anything you can get and you just go in and ask in yeah yeah, and after after you after you kind of like get past, after you like you know I think the open mic thing is your first step, and then after you kind of get past that point, you might be playing some maybe lower level clubs and like actually um the Apple Pub was like because for a long time Apple Pub had music and the Apple Pub kind of became our place in Appleton, you know they you know they they took a they took a flyer on us and had us come in and and we did well and they they would have us they they had us come back a bunch of times and and we always you know we had a good um. We had a good group of friends that would come and see us, and so we always would do. You know, the bar would do well when we'd play there, and so the Apple Pub kept having us back, sure. and the thing kind of started growing and Some growing. People and are here tonight that used to come and see us at Apple Pub. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. No kidding, they are. Awesome. And it just slowly, it just slowly grows, and you just gotta slowly build it, and it takes time. So you know, it takes a lot of time. All of that's happening, but you guys on stage with your instruments and singing, you know, developing the songs. That's all being. You guys are developing that, right? For every one of these gigs, you're just getting better, understanding how, how exactly, you exactly, yeah. exactly. Just, just, just like anything, like like sports athletes, you know. The, yeah. the more you do it, the better you get at it. Right. You know the the the. I mean. Even 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 like some even something like stage presence, you know. When we first started playing, you know, our stage presence was was crap, yeah. you know. And yeah. you I think know, we, we just kept our backs to the crowd. Well, no, we, <laughs> but, but we but we'd all like look, you know, we're all like so focused on yeah. our instruments, you know, we're all looking down at our instruments and not looking at looking out at the crowd. Yeah. And you kind of gain that too, you know. The more you get comfortable playing in front of people, and the more that nervousness kind of goes away. That's such a real thing, right? That presence, yeah, to you know, that people's and, attraction, yeah. And, into 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 the and, you know we're to the point now I believe that I think we're all pretty good at like looking out at the crowd and interacting with yeah, the crowd. You guys do, you know, and 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 smiling and acting like we're having. Well, no, not acting. We are having. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> that out. We are. We're having. I mean, act, having a good time and they're having a good time. That's an, that's and, an edit, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> acting like we're having. Edit fun. that one. <laughs> <laughs> they won't. They won't edit that one. That's the best. That's the best part to say. <laughs> I, I have to, uh, Josh, so back to the drumming real quick. Uh, the, 
then just like a fine jam, right? That's why I like this podcast. We, we never know the direction of conversation, but Trey Anastasio always said that Jonathan Fishman was the best drummer in the world. Yes or no. And uh, do you agree with that? And if not, who is the best drummer in the world? Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean yes, the yeah, obvious. It's, it's, no. Um, there's just, you know, everyone has a unique style. He can do a lot. Fishman, you know, Fish is, he's really good. Creative. Um, so I could see why, you know, he would say that. I don't necessarily have a, a favorite, but yeah, I mean, there's just so many, so many good, and, and, and with YouTube and all that nowadays, you get to watch them all. It's right. awesome. Did, were you attracted to drums right off the bat? But was there anything else? Yeah. Um, nope, that was it. Um, I think it was just because, you know, MTV and the, the big drum sets in the, in the 80s yeah. that you would Gosh. see, these huge drum sets yeah. that, you know, I think that just, I just saw that and it was like, oh, Josh, I don't want that. So you, your dad a drummer? Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he kind of started when I did. I, um, so there wasn't a drum set in the house until I okay. took it up. Okay. Um, so fourth grade or whatever, they say, what instrument do you want to play? And it was drums i guess and that was it one of the drummers i always look back at and this may sound weird Stuart copeland from the police man yeah, yeah. unique he, style yeah he had a unique style sure. absolutely he was super good neil pert neil pert yeah, yeah. absolutely i heard a quote from Stuart copeland when neil pert passed away and Stuart Copeland said that Neil Peart was the most air drum drummer in the world. <laughs> that's got that's got to be true. I have participated in that. Uh, Imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yeah. Tosh, we have to mention you, you said CJ. Of course, CJ was the first episode that we had. Yeah. The Noosa cast. Jack's son, and and you know, so, go back and listen to that episode. Right. It's, it's cool. CJ's a you know hockey player. Great story. Still, he's coaching now. Uh, Coaching last night, yeah, though, I was right? Say. Yeah. So tell, one night. I, I know yeah. this is Dick's time, but yeah, what, what what's going on? Well, How did he so, get to play? So he is um, CJ's in Waterloo, and um, just through hockey, he's got he's got his old friends, and so he's he's friends with some of the coaching staff for Kalamazoo. Oh, okay. okay, and they were coming to town to play the Iowa Heartlanders, and they're in. Um, Oh, I'm spacing on the name of the city, but it's, an, it's about an hour away from Waterloo. They're having a hard time getting enough guys because they were down a bunch. Um, so the, his old buddy called him and said, hey, you got off? Can you come and play for us? You know, and he wasn't going to go in there and get a ton of play time, but he, he was going to go in there and fill a role. And, um, and he said yes. You know, he asked his boss, do um, you mind if I go do this? And they're like, oh, yeah, you're doing it. And so, so, he, so he, he said yes. And then his whole team, all the Waterloo Blackhawk guys, the whole team in the, in the coaching staff, they all drove over there and watched him play. And, uh, and, and uh, we watched it. Amy and I watched it. Um, you can stream it on uh, Flow Sports. So we watched it last night. And he got a little bit of play time. And he did, he did pretty good. And it was, it, was, it was cool, you know. What, what else could a, a retired player who just – kind of wishes he could still play, right? He gets right. a chance at it, and heck yeah, you know, I'm going in and doing it. And, and the kid gets to see the kid, see dad play, too. Yeah, that's and, and cool. that's another thing. Thanks for bringing it up. You know, his, his son, Charlie, he's going to be one on the 25th of this month. Um, got to see his dad play, you know, otherwise he wouldn't have. So uh, it, was, it was kind of a family affair, and the, and the whole Waterloo Blackhawk team went to cheer him on, and uh, 
and they're going to go over video of his game tomorrow, and, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're going to razz him. Oh, like, look at this old man playing hockey. Well, because that's his, CJ does a lot of video for the team, and so that's part of what he does. So now he's going to get it kind of done to him. <laughs> Is he still have find time to play from his guitar? A little bit, as much as he can, you know. It's, it's, uh, he's a busy dude. Is there a time when he retires from, uh, and you guys are still gigging? Is he, uh, he ever sit in with you guys, play, play his guitar a little bit? Or is that, I, uh, I, I can tell you he will as soon as he spends enough time around for, yeah. you know, to, to jump in and do exactly. it. Uh, yeah. He better get his ass to practice. Yeah. Awesome. He, <laughs> no, that's just it, you know. He's, he, he's moving and shaking a lot, right? He's, yes. he's never in one place. Uh, so um, it's tough to it's tough to have him around long enough to to get him in there. But um, we'd love to have him up for a, a song or two. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. Well, that's a good thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah but the Midwest now. still busy. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for bringing that up, you guys. Heck yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I, I wanted to touch briefly. I, I I know it's getting warm in here, and, and you guys had a long day, I'm sure, and, and, and that's the interesting part of it. You guys all have regular day jobs and all that. But just real quickly, just your songwriting, your original material, you know, uh, I want to know, like like we said, is, is the title song of the Noosa cast? I mean, um, how does that get written? It, it, you know, how, how does that get integrated into Digstown? I mean, where, where does that come from? Who writes it? Who um, just, well, how does that whole process work start to, you know, I suppose it's never finished. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's songwriting is, songwriting is, is a, is a unique, uh, a unique proposition. And uh, Dust, Dusty and I write most of the music for the band. And, and I think we kind of, uh, we kind of approach it, you know, Dusty, you know, this, this, you know, the songs that Dusty writes, um, Dusty sings and the songs that I write I sing um, so what's a songwriting session do you guys get together like do you is that like a planned event we're, we're getting we're getting you know we usually get the idea you know kind of get the the form but you know on our own and then bring it to the band and then you know everybody adds their little yeah, flavor has, to it yeah you know? everybody has their ideas that and, and you know that you know you, you come to you know, you, you know the way the way i approach it you know i, I kind of write you know I, ha I have a good idea of what, what i want it to be like you know and i kind of bring a rough draft to the band mm -hmm. and and everybody kind of adds in their ideas and and honestly kind of like the grateful dead we like to play, you know, the, the song really doesn't become, it's, the, the song doesn't really take on its own personality until it's played out a few times, right. you know, you gotta, you kinda gotta get it out there and, and, and let, and let it grow, you know, yeah. let it, let it become its own kind of like entity, you know, and, and you kind of almost need audience participation and feedback to kind of let that, to let that music grow a little bit. So right. it's, it's a we don't really have, I don't think we really have like a certain template of how we do it. You yeah, know, we're just kind of yeah. like maybe sort of flying by the seat of our pants a I little bit, that. you know, I get that and hoping for the best, the, the, <laughs> you know? the lyrics. So the, the actual Lyr lyrics, song is that lyrics are those the hard part. I, I bet. Are, are those stories of your life? I mean, is that what you're telling? Or I mean, what, yeah, I was trying to figure that out tonight a little bit. For was, sure. Hard, for sure. But, yeah. A lot of the songs, you know, a lot, a lot of my songs that um, I've written the lyrics to, um, they're about something, you know, you know, something I've experienced in life or, you know, like, like for instance, it's an older song, but a, a song, a river song, a song that like one of the very first songs I wrote, I wrote about, I used to go, I used to do a lot of trout fishing out in the, out in the Tomorrow River in Wapaka. And a buddy, a buddy, a buddy of mine had, has, um, an older buddy of mine, um, 
who I don't see too much anymore, but he had some really nice property out in, in Wapaka County along the Tomorrow River, and it was it was just beautiful, beautiful property. I walked on down the river just to listen to the river sing her tune. The wind picked up on the feeling and the trees danced as the wind came through. I've been great trout fishing and I, and I wrote that so I wrote that song about about the tomorrow river so yeah so I for, for me I can't speak for dusty but for me yeah, it's it's you know a lot about my experiences you know what I'm feeling sometimes it's more like I want to know maybe is more like generally like you know how I'm feeling but maybe I'm like seeing how other people feel about it too and yeah that's gotta be weird you like you bring you bring a tangible thing to other people, you have to be like there's some level of vulnerability. Oh, for sure, for sure, yeah. for sure man. That's what makes it hard. Yeah, and that's what makes the that's I think it, for me anyways. I'm not gonna speak for the other guys, but for me anyways, that might that's what makes the lyrics the hardest part because I'm like, I'm like kind of pouring my soul out a little bit, and my vulnerability out a little bit yeah. to everybody else, and hoping for the best. Right. <laughs> you know, right. hoping hoping that everybody kind of like digs it a little bit. You know, and a lot of times I like to like maybe kind of like leave it open as um, so other people can kind of um, put themselves in the song's shoes and maybe maybe like um, maybe like uh, you know put the, like I said put the, put themselves in in, in, their, in my shoes and, and and feel it from there. So wasted. Who wrote wasted? I did. A thousand miles till I see her face. A thousand miles for her warm embrace, but I was wasted. Wasted. I dream of her on a front porch swing. She gives a smile while I dance and sing, but I'm wasted. Wasted. So, what is the definition? It's such a broad definition, isn't it? Wasted. Is yeah, like- well, I just—it was just kind of uh, an idea I had in my head, and it, you know, I—it's not from personal experience. Mom, um, <laughs> um, no, I just kind of had this this uh, idea in my head, you know, and kind of wrote this song about, you know, from a person's point of view who grew up in an alcoholic, you know, family, and basically he's carrying on the tradition. Right. Um, that's let, not my. He lets me sing it, yeah. guys. <laughs> I said this is perfect for you, Skip. <laughs> But no, it's not really a, that wasn't a personal experience. It was just, you know, as in, you know, Vampire Logic too. it's just kind of, I kind of got this, uh, you know, little melody in my head and just kind of took it from there. And, you know, did, did you, in those particular songs, um, does that melody, do those just like sick, you know, bass lines that you, I mean, it, it just, it goes through your soul. Um, a good really, melody really cool. won't leave you alone. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. 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 Well, the, that Vampire Logic for sure had that tonight on me. And oh, good. Thank you. Yeah. No, 100%. That's a fun, it's a fun song. Just Dusky's a vampire. That's yeah. I, it works. It's true. I, I'm not a big fan of the sun. So. <laughs> what, it, what do you guys think about when you're singing and you're looking at the crowd? I mean, are you thinking about what the song what it was written about, or you? I'm trying to. Know. I'm trying to remember the words. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a big part of it. <laughs> I mean, I really trying to remember the words. I mean, I like to think that I'm trying to preach a little bit. You know, I'm yeah. trying to preach to everybody about like how I'm feeling and. Uh, Change the story is a great tune like that. Like, 
like, listen to what we're saying, man. Catch yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look out your window. We can't stay tonight. Take a look out your window. And ask why. We need to come together. Like even like I want to know, you know, I want to know, you know, are we really free? I want to know, do you still believe in me? You know, yeah. I want to, I want to see you smile again. You know, yeah. I want to see you dance again. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you could, you know, I'm sing, I'm singing this, but anybody else can take that and 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 be feeling feeling that way about their life too. And that's kind of that's what I'm trying to get across. Really, I don't want it. To, I don't want. I don't want it to just. I don't want that song to just be um, my experiences. I want. I want the fans to take it and and. And, and have it be their experiences as well, you know? I want to know Are we really still free? I want to know Do you still believe in me? I need to see Your smiling face, my friend It's just you and me Can bring it home again I want to go To that place we were So upcoming, like, what's the future look like for Digstown? What what do you guys have coming up? I mean, the keys have just, I mean, you guys have this fantastic sound. I feel like you guys can be reborn again here. That you can we are reborn some, again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so what, what does that look like? <laughs> well, we are actually, um, it's, it's funny that you say that. We are actually get, getting geared up to go into the studio. We are going to be recording a 10 or 11 song album at Rock Garden Studio in March. Um, we have already have our date set up. Um, we have a couple full weekends, um, two two full weekends in March booked at, at Rock Garden Studio. So, what does that weekend look like for you guys? Like, what what walk me through what that day? Well, would, it's gonna would be, be kind of it's gonna kind of be new for us too. You okay. know, it's been a while since. I mean, the last time we were in the studio was um, 2007. We did that Blackbird album, so it's been it's been a long time. And and so and, and, just, and, and, and for the and for a couple of the younger guys, this is their first time going in the studio with Diggs Down. So you blow cigs out the back window and just have sick <laughs> catering. <laughs> So we're gonna go in. I think we're doing. I think we're like we're doing. We're like when I say a weekend, we have both the Saturday and Sunday booked, um, from like 11 to 7 both of those days, and we're just gonna go in and 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 you know pump these tunes out the best we can and try to be try to be efficient, but yet. Um, we, we, yeah, creative. We don't. We don't. You know. We 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 can't. You know. We're we're. On, it costs money. It's it's by the hour, so you know we we're, we and we have a budget, but we don't want this to be like all stressed out and tight, and you know. So we kind of want to go in with an open attitude, and let's just have fun, and let's go in, you know. Let's record these songs, you know. Let's, you know, we're gonna spend the next couple weekends after Ice Dance here. We're gonna spend the next couple weekends preparing, and and I think that's the biggest thing is going prepared. Yeah. yeah. Going prepared, um, so that we have our songs, because obviously. When you go to the studio and we're rec recording these um, tunes in the studio, 
hopefully to be played on the radio, we have to take these songs because we're kind of a jam band. Yeah. So we have to take these long songs and squash them down oh, to maybe like, sure. you know, four or five minute tunes, you know? Right. So we're going to have to be real cognizant of like taking these songs and, and having our, our, our beginnings and our endings down pat, having our jam sessions, you know, down to, you know, a certain number of measures. Right. You know, instead of it just being a free, a free form kind of deal. Is you know, it's got to be it's got to be solid and we got to get in and like almost every jam band. I feel like the live experience is the best way to experience you guys. Yeah. Right. I mean, is that so do you capture I mean, is that is that a way to, to quote, get in the studio to just I, I know you have some stuff I was actually listening to this afternoon. I think you put it out on YouTube, maybe or maybe some Spotify too. just your yeah. live shows at Gibson's maybe. Yeah. Um, how do you capture that? I mean, is that. Do you, can you put more of that stuff out or how does that, I guess, how does that process work to like do like, like, for like, like live recordings get, instead or? of actually having like, like a, a record or a recording. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of this music that we love has, it's just live shows, yeah. you know, that that's honestly for me, maybe I'm different. I, I consume a lot of my, my music. It's just live shows, whatever era. And we, and year we, or whatever you know i and and, and i am I'm, I'm right there with you i love live shows too like if i'm gonna you know if i'm gonna listen to some grateful dead you know i i'm I, you know I, I i as much as i do love their studio work and i do love the dead studio yeah work, i mean I, i'm gonna you know live I, is just I, I, different yeah, I, I would probably more likely like pick up you know if i want to listen to some dead i'm gonna like more likely to pick a, a live album and right because that's just where the energy is you know but to, to have to have like a, a to have that template to have that template of a song, if we if you want to get radio play, right, you know that you're not you're not gonna they're not gonna play, uh, you know, a seven minute sure a, a seven minute song on the radio, you sure. know. So you gotta you gotta if you want to get some radio play and and um and, and and get that template down, you you really gotta have the, have some of these studio cuts, you know. I think that's gonna be our biggest hurdle when we go into the studio because we are such a different band, even from you know practice it when we practice down in Josh's basement to when we play live because we take so much energy right from the yes. from the crowd and everything and you know so it, i so yeah it's we're great. gonna have to be more we're gonna definitely have to be more precise yeah yeah you know we're gonna have to be more um are, are, we're gonna have to go into these these tunes with more intent right right to, to get to get in and get out yeah. you know when we're playing live it's like we can kind of just look at each other and be like hey well you know what I like what you're doing, you know, yeah. let's just, let's keep yeah. going with that, you know? So, yeah, so um, that's what we have in our future is we are, we're, we're going into, we're going into the studio in, in March and we are going to record uh, our, our first album that we've, we've recorded in a yeah. long time. And so we're really excited about that. And we obviously, we don't have a release date or anything sure, like that. We're, sure. ho we're hoping, you know, sometime this summer, right? you know, but th we haven't even gone in yet. So... <laughs> I remember what I, what I wanted to ask was, was that, so the radio your goal was to get on the radio like what what is that process so you you're obviously going into the studio so now you, you produce something that's appropriate for radio how, how do you what's the next step then how does that get to the radio or who, who well, I looks think, at I that? think when we're done with that album we'll give it to John Jordan and and uh, and and hopefully John plays it on yeah. his uh, 
his um uh home homebrewed morning show yeah some, some of the excellent. tracks yeah, yeah. that's a and great that's, show yeah it is a great show yeah he's actually had us on that morning show sure a, a couple times and, and i should know that i yeah. do remember that now that you say that and he used it and we had we had done a couple of videos at rock garden too but even those videos are a little longer yeah so i love those videos yeah they're really good so but even even the i want even the i want because he's been playing or john's been playing the i want to know on his morning show um quite a bit and he, he that, that even gets gets cut off a little bit sure because <laughs> yeah. it's a little long it fades out. <laughs> yeah he, he in, in the jam he fades it out a little bit you know which is fine we get it you know it's like yeah. a you know i think I, I think that i think that video version of i want to know is like like six six minutes or something like that it's a little really bit a little yeah. bit too long for radio i think you know we have a lot of st- we have a lot of stuff in in the works um i i mean a lot there, there's um stuff that we haven't announced yet i can't really go um but we we, we have announced we're doing a what is it? April April nineteenth. April nineteenth. There's this cool thing going on at the Tarleton Theater up in Green Bay. They're doing a Deadhead. Uh, it's called Deadhead, a tribute to the Grateful Dead. And there's a bunch of bands: us, um, Burnt Toast and Jam, Jeremiah Jam's band, the Chocolatiers. Um, we're all gonna go in, and we're all gonna play. We're all gonna play a few Grateful Dead songs, and it's it goes from like seven to ten or ten thirty or something like that. So, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's gonna be pretty cool. Yeah. And we did all bands on deck last year, but there's this whole um, there's there's this whole shipyard district area of Green Bay that they're trying to revitalize and they're trying to bring up, and it's it's a cool little area of Green Bay. It's an it's it's I, I haven't been up there myself. I've seen some pictures, but it's an older it's an older theater. It looks it has some really cool like yeah. cool like it looks like some really cool like mojo going on inside of it, and so we're excited to do that with uh with the, with the bands and the and the, and the Grateful Dead thing, and so that's kind of that's kind of the next thing other than the um. Other than the studio that that we can talk about, there's there's a, obviously we're starting to book for the summer right now because I mean you're booking when you're booking gigs you're booking months and months in advance you know you're sometimes booking six months in advance you know four or five months in advance so we're we're already working on our summer schedule and we we have a lot of good stuff coming up. We can't wait. Yeah, it's great to go to a Dig the Sound sh- uh, show for sure. Thank you so much for for having us. We'll connect socially and. I think we'll do this again. This was a lot of fun. I mean, there's literally, I've, I've got a lot more questions for <laughs> do, you. But, yeah, uh, do you? Yeah, I, I do. They're even highlighted. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't get up, we didn't get them all. We, we, we'll have to do just a part two. Close, but, uh, part two. Yeah, yeah, part two, for, for sure. sure. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. And Thank uh, you guys so thank much. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Yep. This is a great experience. All right, Newscast listeners, welcome to the throwback. Uh, we, we bring them, you some content from the Red Smith Sports Awards, and we're going all the way back to 2008. doesn't seem that long ago, but we had a legendary sports writer um, at the show, uh, Frank DeFord, who, uh, well, first of all, he was you know born December 16th. That's a very good date, by the way. Great day, um, Tosh. If you know what I mean. Great day. <laughs> Happy uh, he birthday. died in 2017 in Key West, Florida, but he is... He he was he's like one of the all time greats, Joel. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's incredible. I mean, Sports Illustrated. So we back to back Sports Illustrated. Uh, 
journalists incredible jill lieber last last week from nina wisconsin yeah. frank deford is you know i know journalists aren't necessarily well known but you're certainly going to know who this guy is when, when you hear him speak Absolutely. i mean he was uh he's on like you know the sunday shows he was on npr that, that kind of stuff um his his speech is probably what maybe the most brilliant speech that, that has ever been been given it at red smith certainly most well thought out um the, the guy is just i next level i don't even i don't even know how to yeah. how to describe him i mean he wrote for sports illustrated from 1962 until his death in 2017 right he was on npr's radio uh morning edition radio program um from 1980 to 2017 he was a regular sports commentator there he was six time times voted national sports writer of the year and uh, twice voted magazine writer of the year by the Washington Journalism Review. So uh, he's he's got the chops for sure. Um, and, you know, pretty incredible. He he actually in 2012, Joe, he became the first magazine recipient of the Red Smith Award, which goes to journalists from the journalism side. Different. Walter, <laughs> I know it's different, but Walter Red Smith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Who so, who actually came to the banquet? I don't have my little chart in front of me, but it was in the seventies sometime. He he came and and received the, uh, I believe he he would have received the Nice Guy Award, but uh, right. Excellent. Yeah. Two Red Smiths. Yeah, I think I think you guys are going to enjoy this. I mean, when you hear him speak, uh, you understand the eighteen books that he wrote and the novels and everything else and just the intelligence and just the passion that comes through it's pretty fantastic enjoy red smith sports awards banquet throwback Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin. And also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. And it's my privilege to introduce to you tonight's Red Smith Award Banquet main speaker, Frank DeFord. I appreciate those kind words, Brad, um, but I must say that's not necessarily universal in the, in the field. Uh, many of you um, may have heard of a basketball coach, uh, best known for his antics down in Indiana, uh, now bivouacs somewhere out in West Texas, uh, Bobby Knight. And uh, Bobby once said, the best time in every sports writer's life were the three years he spent in second grade. Uh, <laughs> Now, if that's not bad enough, uh, being a sports writer, I, uh, I must admit that I come to you from the island of Manhattan. That's right, home of the hated and despised uh, New York Giants. But I must also tell you that they are up for the game, Mark. Um, the all of New York, this is this, this morning's edition of um, the New York Post with Britney Spears on the cover 
and Brett Favre on the back. The, <laughs> the, um, the Post is a, is a paper of great discretion. Uh, <laughs> and understated, of course. And just for the record, in large type, it calls the town of Green Bay hell. I don't think they've ever gone that far ever before. Um, Mark, I present this to you. You can take it back to Hades with you. Uh, and you can read about Britney Spears if you want. Um, I, I am uh, so delighted to be with you uh, in this evening. I have heard so much, believe it or not, I have heard so much about the Red Smith Award dinner and how extraordinary it is. And boy, you, you sure have lived up to everything that I have heard. Um, and I'm just so pleased that all you're doing for, for team sports, for athletics, um, and I think especially being on teams is, is so important. We, we always celebrate the individual, the, you know, the cowboy, the lone wolf. But, but those are our romantic heroes. But for some reason, I don't think we pay sufficient homage to our natural pension for coming together and, 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 and working together. It's, it's part of our heritage as Americans, how many clubs and organizations we long, belong to it, and how many of us do, do indeed grow up being members of teams and learning how to work together that way. Maybe it's just our way of, of compensating for being such a transient and, and, and heterogeneous culture. I don't think it's any coincidence that whereas in most countries there's, there's only one sport that kids play, soccer, here, four or five, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, hockey in, in, in a lot of places, we learn to do things together that way on teams. The, the famous British novel about school, Mr. Chips, Goodbye Mr. Chips, was about a Latin teacher. I think if anybody wrote an American Mr. Chips, he would be a coach. He'd be a basketball coach or a football coach. The, the team, I, I always think of that wonderful quote by Tommy Lasorda, the former manager of the Dodgers. He said, managing a baseball club is like holding a dove in your hands. Too tight, you squeeze it to death. Too loose, it flies away. It's wonderful imagery. It, it's, it's exceeded only perhaps better by what Casey Stengel said. Casey said, the secret of managing is to keep the five guys who hate you away from the five who haven't made up their minds. <laughs> Americans, American boys anyway, have always known what it was like to be that dove in, in Tommy Lasorda's hands. We, we always call it teamwork, but primarily what I really think it is is team care. It's just that probably caring sounds um, too sissy uh, to boys, but it, it is. You do learn to care about each other when, when you're on a team, and not only that, that learned behavior carries over into our adult lives and, and into our businesses. So what any of you are, are, are doing uh, carries well beyond the field. Mike Reese asked me to what, what Brad made reference to, to say a few words about um, uh, cystic fibrosis. I was the chairman of the foundation. And, and um, sadly, I, I did have a daughter, Alexandra, who died of the disease when, when she, was, she was only eight. Now, this is entirely too happy an occasion to dwell on that. 
But there was one thing that she said that, that stays with me, and, and it's particularly appropriate at a, at a time like this. It, it's sort of ironic, but as a sports writer, I've spent so much of my life around the people who are the most blessed physically. But it was someone who was, who was denied even the, the, the basics of a healthy body who, who made the greatest impression on me. On, on her, her last Christmas morning, which was a, a very happy day, even as sick as she was, in fact, she would be dead in another three weeks. Alex turned to my wife at one point and she said, oh, mom, if only, if only I could be free of cystic fibrosis for just one day, just to be free for one day. And here, here was the wisdom of a child, because I don't think that most of us think of good health as a freedom, do we? we, we if we have it, we, we just tend to, to accept it. But it is, is, of course, the largest freedom of all, because without it, you can't enjoy any of the others. So particularly for those young athletes of you who are being honored tonight, just keep that in mind and don't worry too much about winning and losing and, and, and being a big star. Just be grateful that you have that freedom to play sports. And, and not only that, be glad that you can play and that you have so many people like all those here tonight who support you. In, in allowing you to, to enjoy what you love to do so very, very much. Now, now Yogi Bear, I had lunch with Yogi a little while. He's still an American treasure. And, and, and what would be a sports writer's speech without a citation to, to Yogi? Yogi and, and Phil Rizzuto, several years ago, were on their way to a dinner in um, New Jersey, and they were tooling happily down the road, and Rizzuto got a little nervous, and he said, Yogi, I think we're lost. And Yogi said, yeah, but we're making such good time. <laughs> and uh, with that as my scripture, we are making such good time. I'm going to stop now, but Thank you so very much for having me. It's been a wonderful evening, and I've so enjoyed being here in Appleton with you. Tosh, another great Red Smith throwback, and that can mean only one thing, Tosh. It's time for us to play a little It's Forgotten, and I'm never forgetting. So, Tosh, what is forgotten in your world? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there. I know these are the things you're not supposed to talk about ever uh, with friends, and we, we, we think that everybody who's listening is a friend of ours, but um, I am... I, I want to forget already political commercials. Oh yeah, and there's a big one during the Super Bowl um, that was uh, actually had some controversy. Now that I've read some things uh, over the week, but I, I I hate I hate the political commercials. I really truly do. And then you get all the spam on your phone, and I, I just I hate the time of year yeah. for sure. Well, Tosh, you got a year of it, so uh, buck, yeah, exactly. buckle up and. 
as a letter carrier, you know, I'm conflicted because obviously that that's revenue for the post office and that, that that's yeah. good. But holy cow, there is a lot of it. There, there's not much right now. There's a little bit coming through. But I remember the last but two years ago, political season, there is so <laughs> much just yeah. mail, you know. Yeah. I'm not a fan <laughs> of political season either. And just the bashing and the change. I mean, just. Exactly. All of it. All of it. There's got to yeah. be a better way, but. I don't oh, I'm, I'm sure there is, but I, yeah, I'm not going to talk about that right now. That'd be a whole nother conversation, yeah, but that would be. so you know what I want to forget. How about yourself, Joe? <laughs> well, Tosh, this is, uh, it's not necessarily what I want to forget, but I think it's maybe a, a forgotten. Uh, it's maybe just a forgotten joy. I, I was yeah. out to lunch the other day with, with a couple of my my kids, and uh, we were in a room that had a really high ceiling. So if you really kind of yelled out, you could echo in the room. And well, there was maybe, I don't know, a three-year-old kid that, that discovered that you could actually do that and just bellowing <laughs> out in the restaurant that, that good echo. And it made me – I literally took out my phone because I used the notes app for, for this because uh, – I just I can't remember anything, and I wrote it down. Just discovering the echo. Uh, this 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 kid <laughs> had it going, and it was you could see the parents kind of freaking out, trying to get it, you know, trying to trying to get him to to stop. But I thought it was the funniest thing ever. He was just he he knew what he was doing, and he found he found the echo, and it was it was pretty epic for him. Yeah, as a, you remember, as a parent, you were just like mortified, like oh my gosh, I'm ruining all these people's dinner, yeah, or breakfast or lunch or whatever it is, and. People, people understand. Oh, absolutely. You have little kids. Absolutely. <laughs> They're just discovering. And he, uh, yeah, he, he discovered. He discovered. So that, nice. that was pretty cool to see. Well, Tash, with every forgotten, there's there's got to be something that we're never forgetting. So what are you never forgetting? Well, Joe, actually, in the opening, you kind of brought it up. And it's the, it's the end of another sports season. And the end of a sports season has a little bit of joy once in a while. And, you know, it's, it's, they're long seasons, but you also, you know, for me, I I don't, I don't want to forget these times that I've had with my, with my kids, you know, my wife and I traveling to see him play. Uh, My oldest son is, is coaching now and doing some hockey coaching and um, going to college and enjoying that. But, um, you know, I only have three more years of hockey now with Ethan and, um, it, it's you know it's those bittersweet times you want to uh never forget the times that you had watching them enjoy themselves and have fun out on the field or the ice or whatever sport they're playing and uh just you know remember those times i'm glad you said that tosh yeah i mean definitely remember them as, as a dad that just went through those this is this is my first year not having any sports uh you know kid related and I what a decade more than that 15 years yeah. probably um they they neither one but, you know obviously play in college anymore i you know right. hung up the whistle so sports in a sense no. are out of my life and i mean i'm never gonna now you get the transition that's right you get the transition to a theater dad now well 100 <laughs> percent, and, and then i absolutely love that I, I really do um but sports i mean you know how we we grew up with sports, I man. I love that. It's yeah. it's near and dear to my heart. But it's it's uh, I'm never freaking you know forget those times. It's just time to move on. I've got a lot of other mm-hmm. interests. But uh, you're right. That's a great never forget because there is no better time than hanging with your kids, watching them play whatever sport, compete, yeah, grow, learn. Nothing better. Absolutely. Nothing better. Absolutely. How about yourself, Joe? 
Well, Tash, I have a lot of deep topics I could go into. I feel like I need to after that, but the one I want to go to just because this is a rock and roll episode. And I, I should say too, I, I, I got to shout out Taylor, our, our editor, producer, did he not set us up sweet in the hotel room oh, yeah. when we interviewed Dickstown? Yeah. That that was awesome. Felt like a rock star. Absolutely. So with yeah, he did a fantastic job. Yeah, he he did. So so thank you, uh, thank you, Tay, for that. That was much appreciated. So it got me thinking. You know, we got rock star treatment. I deliver mail. Lenny Kravitz is on the cover of People magazine last week. At sixty years old, looking pretty fine with some nice long dreads at sixty. Kind of set a goal thinking maybe what six and a half years of growing nice long gray dreads tash that would never be forgetting <laughs> that right there you go all right it's life life uh, life goals for sure yeah, there so you... is that what you do when you're walking the streets you're reading people magazine <laughs> and when you're when you're sitting in your case in the morning and there's like 20 of them and it's just lenny kravitz dreads <laughs> lenny kravitz dreads i'm thinking god hey lenny's looking good my dreads are looking good uh, you know kind of uh Give it, give they're them six there. years. They'll be, yeah, they're, they're starting to appear. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. So, yeah. You know, I've got to end a rock and roll show with a little hair talk. So you can talk about the hair because I can't. So, <laughs> well, hi. I'm sorry, Tash. That's why I grow it. I grow it for, for all <laughs> my friends that can't. Another great show, Tash. A big thanks to, to Digstown. That was a lot of fun. You and I going on the road and doing our thing. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And, and uh, please like, subscribe, check out YouTube, check out our socials. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. It does a world of good. So thank you, folks. And we'll see you next week, Tash. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to another great episode of the NoosaCast. We'd really appreciate it if you hit up our social pages, subscribe, like, follow, and don't be afraid to engage. Head over to our YouTube channel to get exclusive content like the full interviews and speeches from the past Red Smith banquets. For listening to the NoosaCast. We really appreciate your support. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so and tell a friend. A huge thank you to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Help us grow by subscribing wherever you get your pods or sharing the NoosaCast. Follow us on Facebook, X, TikTok, or Instagram. One of the best ways to help us grow is to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and bring greater awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeast Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. 
Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays Grant, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes.